Hello, dear listeners. This is your host, Oshaya. Thank you so much for all of your support thus far. This podcast has grown so much in just a few short months. We are absolutely awed and humbled at the response, and it is always a delight to read from you about the impact we are having. Please do keep them coming. As we wrap up the first season, I have a favor to ask. Would like your feedback to help us in our plans for the second season. What did you like? What didn't you like? What would you like us to start doing, stop doing, or even continue doing? To get your responses, we've created a simple form. Please check the show notes of this episode for the link and our social media pages at Origins AF on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can simply type bit.ly, B for banana, I for interview, C for tangerine, bit.ly slash Origins Africa podcast feedback. Origins is with an S. So bit.ly slash Origins Africa podcast feedback right now to access the form. We are also considering starting a newsletter which would include the transcripts of each episode and perhaps also three things I learned from each guest interview. If it's something you'd like, please let us know on the same feedback form and also share your thoughts with us on some of the things you'd like us to consider for the newsletter or any other ideas generally. I look forward to receiving your responses. The link again is bit.ly slash Origins Africa podcast feedback. Thank you once again for staying on this ride with us. Now, being our last episode, I would like to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year in advance. Do remember that your dreams are valid. The late Maya Angelou once said that there's no greater agony than the untold story inside you. So he has also wishing you the strength, the courage, and the resilience to live your dreams as we go into 2021. Thank you once again. Enjoy. By December 2016, customers were paying one month ahead of time for our products. By March 2017, our revenue had dropped 90%. Wow. Because we took a price increase in February and everybody stopped buying. My father told me life is not a bit. This is Origins Africa podcast where we explore the origin stories of people who have made and are making their dreams come true, asking the what, the when, the how, and the why. I'm Oshaye, and on this episode, the concluding part of our chat with Debbie and Bola Lawson, co-directors at Fastest Foods and Confectionery Limited, we talk about the challenges they faced as the business rapidly grew and how they were able to effectively navigate those challenges on their journey to building a successful company. This is our first partnership series on Origins Africa. On the last episode, we explored the birth and growth of Fastest Foods and Confectionery Limited, 
a rapidly emerging food manufacturing company which started from a kitchenette in 2010 with very basic equipment and with 960 naira only. Today, Fastizos runs a two-acre automated production factory in Agbara, Ogun State, fitted with modern baking equipment. Their current distribution covers over 20 states with a production of over 600,000 Fastizos fun cookies daily. Bola and Debbie Lawson, co-directors of Fastizos, also talked about the impact of COVID-19 on the business and how they've adapted, as well as how they have been able to effectively complement themselves as partners towards building a successful company. As Fastizos grew, Debbie had expanded their retailer network from Sele to Oshudi to Mushi and then Ikeja. But with the expansion came an increase in the risk and they were losing money. So at that time, we had almost 50 retailers we were supplying every day at those different points. But we had to go back, you know, to collect the money. So it was kind of, and some of them would even run away with your money. And so that, because it was not, it was just a temporary space. It wasn't as if they had a shop, you know. So from there, they know that maybe they are with a lot of people and they can't pay. Maybe they've used it to sort their personal issues. They will just run away. So the risks were becoming very high, you know. We were losing money. And so we came back again and said, okay, how are we going you know, to solve this issue? So that was where the distributor, you know, model came and said, see, we need to get, you know, a distributor that sells to this people. Where this people are. Because that one is, of course, they have shops in my day. Those ones are kind of permanent, you know, where they are. What year was this? What year was this? What year? 2012. 12. Yes, okay. about 2012. So I remember we got the first distributor at um, Oshodi. So we went there. And because, you know, some of these retailers have gone to ask, ah, are you selling phone cookies? I know. So when we came, in fact, I think she was expecting <laughs> us, you know, okay. to come. So she, you know, welcomed us. You know, she accepted, okay, no problem. I'll be the, you know, distributor here. So we kind of moved them, you know, to, I, I, I don't know how they were managing the credit sale. You know, I think they collect money from some, maybe those that they know, but they were able to manage it. So we now moved, you know, from retailer you know, to distributorship. So we went to sell it, the same thing. The people they were buying from, you know, of course, because it was fast moving, they accepted, we went to Mushin. So that was how the distributor model came. At that time, six months after we got to sell it, that place became small, the too short. So we had to extend to a four, Oshodi, sorry. We had to extend to a four month shop in Oshodi. About a year later, the place became very small. We now had to move to a duplex in Ajawa State. Now we have to buy more equipment at that time. And Thanks for this. Also, same strategy loans. Yes. Yeah, so yes. So after the loan I took from my brother and the one we took from the microfinance bank, mm. we took another from the bank. We took another one from a commercial, commercial bank. bank. You know, about a million plus at that time. Yeah. But we are taking those loans in my name. You know, so I was taking those loans in my name and then we were using it for the business. Were you married then? Yeah, we got married in 2011. Okay. Yeah, so we moved to, we moved to um, Ajawa Estate in 2012. So we were married at that time. And then, so we took that loan in my name um, and then we, I think 1.2 million and then we, we repaid that loan. So that we used that to pay for the rent 
while we moved our, our equipment and then our equipment there. So um, I think I got a call when we had moved and somebody called and said, oh, I bought a product in Lagos. I took it to the East. You know, the response was very positive. I want to be your distributor in the East. Wow, I was excited. So yeah, it came, we had a meeting together. I see, I, I, I didn't even know anything about, you know, logistics and all of it. I said, no problem, you know, just take the goods to sell um, to Alaba. I buy a lot of things from Lagos. So when you take it there, you know, they will help me, you know, ah, wow, that was very good. So he was the man from the East, you know, was our first distributor up country. So from there, by the time, you know, when things get to Aba, it's like a central place. So a lot of people come from different places, a different, you know, other states to buy. So we started getting calls from Potakot, or we went to Aba, we saw your product, you know, started getting calls from Imo, Enugu, different, you know, states because they had bought it at Aba. And, you know, the response was very, you know, of course, the same, oh, we don't, um, take goods, you know, we don't have logistics, and but we can take it to a lava for you. That's where we supply. So no problem. So, you know, that was how, you know, we started increasing, our demand started increasing because of course, our capacity has increased. So our customer base also increased because we're supplying a lot of people, you know, up country. So I think about, you know, a year later also, we realized that, oh, the way we are going, this place will become very small. So instead of, you know, having to rent another place, because when you rent, you have to break the walls to, you know, because of what we do, you know, you have to renovate to suit, you know, what we do. We said, oh, we don't think this is a good idea to keep renting and renting. So that was like the idea of, you know, owning our own, you know, facility, you know, came and we said, okay, where is the closest place? And it was because we were supplying to Alaba, and at that time we said, okay, Agbara is kind of closer, you know, to, because of logistics, it's closer to where we supply up country and all of that. So we settled, you know, for two acres. We got two acres in um, Admara. You know, we built, we first used maybe about three plots. You know, we very, built a very small, you know, factory at that time. And because, you know, it, like I said, it was just in a nylon and a sticker. But right now we were getting, we we're going from, um, manual to semi-automation because we had to get more machines you know so we had to rebrand and the product so kind of put it in a tree in a packaged so you know 2013 yes 2014 2015 2015 okay. yes 2015 so we bought the property we bought the land in land. 2013 yes in 2014 yeah. we started construction of the factory yeah. and then commenced um, January. operation in 2015. Okay. How were you able to buy the land? How? In terms of raising? No, so, you know, so at that time, we had then capacity had grown, yeah. right? Turnover had increased. And one of the things that worked for us were very, till now, we are still very prudent, yeah. you know, with funds, you know, you know. <laughs> David and I were talking yesterday, they were like, it's like we're on, on that page. <laughs> I'm telling you, we're still discussing yes. So for all this while, maybe Debbie's salary was like maybe 50k, yeah. you know, and then we're doing turnover, monthly turnovers in million. So we're just saving. Yeah. How are you taking care of the expenses with that? I think I was in the bank. I was in the bank oh, at that time. Okay. I was okay. in the bank all the way to 2014. Okay. You know, so she and that helped because she wasn't leaving off the business. Okay. She was leaving. She I was I was providing for the family yeah. while she focused on growing the business and then the 50k was more of just taking care of some personal effects and all of that and letting 
and to capture your cost, a bit of your cost, because whether or not you pay yourself, that cost is there. You are just not capturing it. So, so we saved. Yeah, um, we saved a lot. Yeah, you, know. you know, so for, we were able to buy the land from our so, savings. Yeah. At that time, you didn't yes. take a loan. We didn't take a loan. Okay. We were able to buy the land from our savings at that time. Obviously, we'll also be able to negotiate favorable um, payment terms. So we didn't pay once. You know, okay. we paid. We paid maybe twenty percent. You know what? If we go into that land, you know, because we bought it for money, money. We go into okay. that land transaction. This is another <laughs> session on its own. But in summary, you know, we paid a deposit. We fenced, yeah. then to see if anybody was going to disturb, you know, we did halfway fence, then we balanced. Okay. On the day we balanced, yes. that was the day <laughs> disturbers came okay. from another family okay. that, that that owned the that property, and then we had to do ratification with those ones and all of that. But we paid for that in full yeah. from the business. Then in 2014, you know, um, we I was still in the bank all the while and you know, the demands of the business began to increase, you know, I was having to talk to customers from the office, you know, I just felt like, you know, this business had a lot more potential than what it was currently doing. So that was the goal, that there was potential. The question is, okay, how do we tap into that potential? Debbie was good, but Debbie was also limited in terms of business development. She was more operation focused. So how do we get that? We needed someone that was strategic and that could do business development. And I'm like, okay, let's go and hire a MD. But we do, I don't know how to hire an MD. How, how are we bringing an MD? That would, would Debbie now work under the person? If Debbie is not under the person, can the person really be, you know, an effective MD? You know, so the other option was, um, okay, maybe I should resign and then join and then, you know, provide that role. But then that was where the major concern is. So you want to put all your eggs in one basket. I was doing very well in my banking job. I'd been promoted like twice. I changed job once, got the next level. So, you know, the lines were falling in place for me. Just wait where you are. You're on your way to one DGM or one GM or one manager in the bank. That was what was there. But I just thought this was bigger. You know, I had passion for this. I'd realized that you know, you could solve problem anywhere. It wasn't just in IT, I was in IT, even on the bank. And then I said, okay. So the, the way forward is for me to join the business. But how do I justify my pay? What if I come and I'm not able to, you know, add as much value as I thought I was going to add? So I, I told her something, we still do it till today. I said, you know what? Look at how much waste you are generating today, right? And look at how much I'm earning. The waste you are generating today in this business, this was 2013, is more than times two of my current salary. If I resign and I'm able to cut your waste by half, it means that I have saved the business what I'm earning now. Can you pay me half of that? So, assume this business doesn't grow again. Well, it has always been our philosophy. Yes, yes. The same philosophy we used to borrow money yes. back in the day to say, assuming this business doesn't grow beyond what it is, if we can only cut the costs by waste costs by 50%, that alone should be enough to take care of 
both of us. She's so it was still a strategic decision. It wasn't <laughs> like you just came to your wife and said, no! I want to resign my job. You had to do like that, yeah. no? I think that discipline has always been there. Yes. You know, that discipline has always been there. So, you know, I told her like, see, you know, so we looked at it. She said, fine. So what? Where? Yeah. When he told you, did you think about it for a while or did you just say, yes, come on? <laughs> you know, because... We had done, you know, business together in school. We rented, we got a small generator, we rented it. And we were very accountable, you know, yeah, every couple, we calculate, you know. So I had seen that Bola was coming together with, you know, two are better than one. So right from, I've had it in mind that even if, even if Bola says he wants to join, I would, I wasn't thinking anything, even if there was, really nothing, even if we were going to drink Gary, you know, but for us to be together, I knew that it would make the business, you know, bigger than what it is. So when he was, yes, of course, he tried to explain. The fears were there, I won't lie that, but it was not... putting all your eggs in one basket well, or yes. whatever Yes, that fear of what if, you know, something happens or we are together in this job and something happens and, you know, but, you know, from the way he brought his... Um, analysis and say okay see this waste i can reduce it if i do it pay me half you are not even saying pay me more mm. you are saying pay me half of half of the waste you know so it was kind of reasonable to say okay at least what we have we can even if we don't live you know a very big life you know and all of that at least we can eat okay. we can eat two times or three times in a day and that's very basic week at that time so i wasn't the fears were there, but the way he came, presented. you know, presented himself, you know, kind of shielded it out, you know, a bit. So, so before that, you had thoughts of him joining, but you hadn't told him about it. It was just there. Why didn't you tell him or suggest it? Oh no, because he was, he was, he was doing well where he was, okay. and I didn't want it to be. I, I don't really know why. I don't really know why. <laughs> I didn't tell him about it, but we've always been together, even okay. if it was not. So we've always discussed about the business. There was nothing that happened in the business that he, that wasn't, aware he wasn't aware of. So it was like a joint. To me, he was there, though not physical, but he was there. So okay. maybe that was why I didn't oh, come, on, come and join me or two. Okay. So you resigned. Uh, okay, so so that was the thing. We we did a business case. Okay, even even in the ways, these were the things I was going to do. When, 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 on how I was going to reduce the waste. And then we, I came in 2014, you know. The first project I did when I resigned was to, to build the factory. Okay. You know, that was the first thing I did. So I, I my last day was, um, 30, I think 30th of May, 20, 2014, in, in my banking job. The first working day, that, I think that was a Friday. The first working day was, I think, 2nd or 3rd of June that same year, that was the day we broke ground in, in building the factory. That project took about six months. So that was like the first major thing I did, you know, obviously it, including, so she was full, almost fully in the factory, in the current, in the factory at that time, doing the operations. I was focused on yeah. building the new factory, you know, we weren't doing a lot of business development then because even the demand we had, we couldn't meet. Yeah. So we were like, let us build this factory, increase our production capacity, then we'll start developing new markets. And that was exactly what happened. So we built the factory in 2000 and 
and 14, moved 2015 okay. into the factory, and then we ran the two operations simultaneously for six months. To, because the packaging was different, yeah. the product was was technically different, even though it was the same brand, the same shape, but you know, the, it was now in a tray, different package. And the way consumers behave to change yeah. is unpredictable. Yes. You can you can have a better product yes. and consumers will not buy it because of perception. Yeah. So but leaving the two products gave gave us room to transition yeah. into the new product. And then by the time that one had even a better positive feedback by the old one. We then we then we drew the the old, you know, the old product. So that was kind of, you know, how we transitioned. And then leveraging on the existing channels, we kept on doing more business, um, business development, pushing the new products to the new existing customers. All this while we didn't have a sales team. Yeah. We didn't have a sales team. We we're managing it by ourselves. We just had delivery guys and drivers. So at that time we hired a few sales guys then did them. I was not my like like the national sales guy and then we had those guys developing those markets and that's how we grew, you know, from from 2015, you know. It was an interesting journey because it, it wasn't without challenge, you know. One of the things that I used to assume when you heard mismanagement was that the managers of a business, you know, um um, what's that word now? Ex. Ex <laughs> the company's money. Okay. Do you understand? Use it for use the business company's money for personal personal, personal okay. needs. And that if you don't do that, then you are not going to mismanage your business. But that's not necessarily true. Sometimes mismanagement is just improperly assigning the resources of the business. You know, even while you are in that business. So. You know, we had a seemingly mismanagement situation because we built the factory fully and bought machines fully from the revenue of the business. Yeah. So we, number one, underestimated the size of the project. Yeah. So by the time we were halfway into the project, the money that we budgeted for the project was fully used, utilized. So, but we couldn't stop because if you stop, you then make no returns from that investment. You have to keep on pumping in money. Yeah. By the time, by December, by December, um, 2014. 2014, you know, we, we probably had like a hundred staff. Net from what we were owing and what we had, we had net of 10,000 10, naira. Personal money from everything, <laughs> net between the staff at December. And you had just resigned. And I just resigned. <laughs> so, you know, it was an interesting journey, you know, because we now enter 2015, new factory, no money to buy material. Yeah. So that expansion almost yeah. consumed us. Yeah. You know, but for God's grace, yeah. you know, so obviously we had to respond. We needed yes. more capital. We didn't have, we are just taking, so, see, so I said net, right? So it wasn't like we had no money, but we are just taking a 5 million Naira loan to buy an equipment that we're using in the current factory, you know, and then, so let's, let's assume that I'd pay part of that. So we had maybe 3 point something million, you know how these things work, but net was 10,000 Naira. Now, we did, so we didn't have enough money to buy raw materials and all of that. So we had to start taking funds. I couldn't go back to any other bank. 
So I had to go to my family, one of my family members. I think my mom, you know, we took a short loan from her. You know, so again, that was just God's grace because I, I, if we had not gotten that fund, I don't know what we would have done at that time. You know? Another thing we did was most of the vendors, you know, we were owing them. Of course, you have to pay before you get another. So we had to tell them, look at our challenge. Please give us more. At least we've grown. You've grown with us over these years. So yeah. Some of them gave us a double. You know, what would have normally given to us. You know, so that was something so that, that happened. You know, early twenty, early so twenty fifteen. It was one of the major challenges. How does that continue for? It, it didn't last. It didn't long. last. It didn't last long because mm. by three months mm. into the new product, mm. the response was the response very was positive. Very, yeah. So you know, you know, it. No, it was still fun cookies, but the new packaged fun cookies. Nibit okay, okay. came in 2009. Nibit is just a year plus. Okay. Nibit is just a year plus. It was so for the first nine years of fasting, it was just fun cookies. Okay. And the first eight years. You know, so you know, it was still it was still fun cookies, but a new fun cookies, newly packed fun okay, cookies. Okay. The reach was more, yeah. you know, the concerns, customer had major concerns about the way fun cookies was before the product was breaking, really? the packaging wasn't nice enough. You know, uh, they didn't have enough that number. But we had addressed oh, all of those yeah. upon going into oh, the okay. new product. Yeah. So it was just, it was a boom. Yeah. You know, so within three months of the new product, yeah. we kind of almost doubled the revenue yeah. and then cash flows improved. And there's something about FMCG where your product is fast selling, mm-hmm. customers pay in advance. advance. So yeah. that was the point they started paying yeah. in advance. So it kind of helped us net off that, that, that stabilized yeah. that. You know, so it has always been, you know, a sine wave, mm. you know, from one problem to mm. one success to one problem. Yeah. Because just as we're coming out of that, recession, recession happened in 2016, <laughs> you know, and that, you know, so it, by December 2016, you know, like Debbie said, we didn't really respond. So it wasn't like we didn't respond. It was, it was a strategy that didn't work as planned. So the strategy was, um, this product was moving. So revenue was growing. Mm-hmm. We're selling so much. You know, the other products that were increasing their prices, the customers were coming to us. So we were just saying, okay, that we'll use economies of scale as your volume continues to increase to, to manage the cost. But by the time we got into 2017, the numbers looked very scary. Mm-hmm. We didn't feel the scale was going to cover the cost mm-hmm. anymore. In fact, we thought we were making a cost loss, which we weren't. But, you know, everything happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. We went for a price increase. increase. By December 2016, customers were paying one month ahead of time for our products. By March 2017, our revenue had dropped 90%. (laughs) Wow. Because we took a price increase in February and everybody stopped buying. (laughs) Everybody. So the way things it, it would, it's just a sign way. And then so now, before was, you had so much sales. You know, the logic was, even if you take a price increase, maximum you lose 50%, but you make more money, you build them back over time. People stopped. And you know, so the thing is this, your, your price point, if we have a price point problem in Nigeria, so if you travel abroad, you, you want to buy something, they'll tell you it's $9.99. It's, you know, so you have this change and you want, it's a cashless, Environment change is never an issue. Change is always a problem here. So 
when your problem is 100 naira, your product is 100 naira, your product is 50 naira, you can't move it to anywhere. You can't go to 105. Even if you want to increase it by 5 naira, you can't go to 105, you can't go to 110, you can't go to 120. Where will you see 80 naira change? 150, 120, 110. The only place you can go from 100 is 150 yeah. or 200. 150 is 50% increase in price. <laughs> so, you know, we were like, ah, that's too much money now. 50% will give this to us part of it. We didn't need more than 10 naira, you know, increase in price. We just shared among the distributors. When they see the big margins, they will push the product, but nobody bought. Wow. And then demand drops, you know, for three months. You know, we're like, what are we going to do? You know, at some point when we went into the market, we now start from the retailer. Like, ah, this product, they said they don't, they don't fold up. Now they sell again. I was like, blood of, blood of Jesus. So it was clear that the distributors were moving on yeah. and they were moving on without us. Yeah. Wow. So immediately we discovered that we had to do something. We had to revert prices. All, all the big boys were like, what were we thinking? All the big boys had reverted. Coke had gone to 150, come back. Pepsi had gone to 150, come back. Gala had gone to 100, naira, come back. Yes. Ooh, why, why did we think yes. we would be able to, you know? So, so it was clear we had to go back, but we couldn't go back because we are making we we are making losses and what we're going to do. Well, you can't imagine how difficult that experience was. So we also made another mistake. You know, we told our customers, you know, so let's not look as if we did not inform you. You know, you have to pay in advance. When you pay in advance, you have to pay, you have to pay us for one week. Like if you pay for one week, after anything after this one week, you will you will buy it at a new price. Within one week, customer paid money. We have never seen that kind of rush before. <laughs> customer paid money for the equivalent of two or three months stock. <laughs> so, they paid the money for the equivalent of two or three months stock. They were buying it at the old price. They were selling it at the new price. <laughs> we were losing money. They were, making, they were making so much money. And by the time we fully utilized 100% of the money they had paid. We had only supplied maybe 50% of their goods. We were in trouble. Yeah. Wow. It was a mess. Yeah. It was a mess. Yeah. It was a mess. Yeah. You know? So we reverted price. We had to, we didn't want to touch the quality, yeah. but we had to remove a piece. So we reduced the quantity by one. Oh, you know, seven pieces. from eight to seven. We tried that when we brought in BT, a 50 naira brand, you know. But we had a lot of goodwill because we had had integrity with the customers. We had to go back. No money, you know. We had used, you know, everything had gone up. You know, you guys had made so much money. You might need to, even though we have not finished supplying you, the old one. The, old one, the price has come down, but you need to pay for the for more. They will now use the money you have paid to offset. Part of you know, so this was happening somewhere around. You know, we took the price increase in October, in February. February. You know, we dropped the price back in May. So in 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 three in during that period, a a few competitive products simultaneously happened to come into the market. So upon return, we didn't return back to the level we were at our peak. So it was like two months or two years of challenges. How do we return back to there? You know, so that was 2017, 2018. You know, it was a tough two years for us. Then 2019, we you know through innovation, product development, 
We then tried the new product and then things began to pick up again. So that's how, you know, it has been. And then so 2019, things looked up. You know, the business was moving. Everything was looking good. Revenues were back and we were doubling. You know, 2020 was time to consolidate. Then COVID happened. You know. And I would also add that in 2018, we kind of brought out a peanuts cookies okay. that didn't really do well at all. We pushed and pushed, you know, did a lot of promotions and all of that, but okay. consumers did not, you know, accept that product. So we had to withdraw it. Even the BT that we brought out, you know, the, it was just, it wasn't really like a boom, you know, it was just gradually, people were just accepting it because we had thought that well, anything we bring out like this, everybody, you know, yeah, you must accept it, but it, most times it doesn't really, sometimes it doesn't really work. That's a huge, that's a huge lesson on innovation and yeah. failure. Yeah. You know, the biggest companies, Google, you don't know how many field projects those guys have because yeah. you, you, they do a lot and then the moment you do it, you push it, the moment you see it's not working, don't hold on too long to it. Yeah. You know, that's one thing that we've learned. Yeah. You know, you develop products, you do your market research, try to find out what the market wants, you push it. If you feel like these numbers are not adding up, you you know, you make it the business decision, should we wait a while or should we move on? So we have we've kind of learned that over time now that don't feel bad. Yeah. It's not it's just it's just business, it's not personal mm-hmm. when you introduce a new product and then is not doing as well as you would have anticipated. Okay. So you said largely it was the introduction of new products that helped you out of the recession in yeah. parts yeah. that spun through 2016 to 2018. In just a moment, Bola and Debbie will be sharing some of their key learning points and habits that have helped them on their journey. Stay with us. I'm Oshaya and you're listening to Origins Africa podcast. Hello, dear listener. As we prepare to wrap up this season, our very first, I have a favor to ask. Would like your feedback to help us in our plans for the next season. What did you like? What didn't you like? What would you like us to start doing, stop doing, or even continue doing? To get your response, we've created a simple form. Please, Check the show notes of this episode for the link and our social media pages at Origins AF on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can simply type bit.ly slash Origins Africa podcast feedback right now to access the form. B-I-T, B for bread, I for interview, and C for table. bit.ly slash origins africa podcast feedback i look forward to receiving your response let's make a difference together one origin story at a time thank you hi guys welcome back to origins africa podcast so we've heard bola and debbie talk about the challenges they faced along the way And now, this is 2020. There are 10 years in business. You know, there's nothing that would have changed, you know, with the benefit of hindsight. Mm. You know, because I was happy 20, we were very happy 2016. Now, while we were in it, you couldn't sleep, Mm. you know, 
you couldn't eat. I was, you know, she said she wasn't worried. I think I was worried, you know, because things weren't going well. Why weren't you worried? <laughs> okay, so maybe I was worried, but I was not expressing it. So okay. maybe, of course, I was concerned, you know, but one thing I always believe is that this is God's vision. Hmm. And so before I started, I got a word you know, that our products will be as the stars in the sky and as the sand, you know, which is upon the seashore. They said, we would come against competitors and we will prevail. And true fastizers, men and women shall be empowered for prosperity. So this was, you know, even I, I asked a lot of questions, what is going on, we've tried, but I was just seeing that this cannot be the end. You know, this cannot, you know, and. That was why I said, you know, my openness, you know, that was a real turnaround for it. It was at that time, we need to do this. We need to bring out this product. So I was very excited about the peanut, you know, I was excited about the BT. So when it wasn't working well, let's try, let's bring out something else. Let's keep, let's keep working. So at that moment for me, I was seeing that world. I, I was, that was what was kind of, you know, my focus that this cannot be the end. If God has said it, if God gave us, all we need to do is just to keep working, keep working. So it kind of, it was, it was what kind of guided me. I had questions, I had concerns, but this was what I was looking forward to. And that's still what I look forward to. And most times I say that. We have not even scratched the surface. Mm. There's still a lot more. There's still a lot of ground. You know, even if you think that we've done so well, yes, thank God we've done so well, but there's still much more. And that's what drives me. That's my drive. That's what keeps me up. So no matter what happens now, we are trying to expand more. Even if you think the bit has done well, we are, trying, we are still bringing out more products. You know, I was talking to someone yesterday and I said, we brought out a variant of phone cookies. And the person was like, ah, you don't want to cool down. I said, I will not cool down. Though. I will not cool down. So these are the blessings 2016 taught me. Interesting. For me, I, I, I was deeply concerned. I knew that, you know, you could only get better, you know, but um, one of the things that um, I was used to being in control, I was used to knowing what to do, but at that time we seemed to have done all we knew to do and it wasn't working. So I think that was my greatest concern and the question of, okay, what's next? What, what is that thing you need to do to turn this around, you know? So, you know, but we kept on trying, yeah. you know, we never gave up, we kept on trying, we kept on pushing and... By and large, we still came out triumphant. So now, what do you look forward to? Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like Debbie said, um, there's always something more. You know, um, for us, we are definitely keen on diversification to see what next. Where you know, we even though we are a package snack food, we have been more focused on the flour-based snacks, so biscuits and cookies. We're saying, okay, what next from now? Can we go into non-flour-based snacks? Can we go into drinks? Can we go into other packaged food products, you know, for the immediate, for the mid-term? In the long term, is what other industries can we enjoy into? Is there what opportunities are there in oil and gas? What opportunities are there in real estate? What opportunities are there in different sectors of the economy, in agriculture that we currently don't play in? So, there, there is, we, are, we are still very young. 
there is no I don't think we are relaxing on our oils at any time soon. We'll continue to push, continue to look for new opportunities. You know, we are also big on creating a family-like team. You know, so it's also called the culture of oneness, inclusion is important to us. We're always trying to bring our people along, sharing our vision with them, letting them feel like they're a part of something bigger. So we, we don't want people to work with us in fast teasers and, you know, and then it's just a job. You know, we want them to feel like they are part of something bigger than themselves. So, yeah. Do you want to add anything? Okay, so I think Bala said it all, but as in what we always, we're always looking forward to something bigger. So even when we get, you know, get to a point, we're saying, what next? Like we just did an expansion less than a year. And we already say we need to grow more. We need to add, you know, someone will look and say, ah, you guys don't, we don't want to take it easy because we know that uh, there's still much more than we can achieve. And I, I, like I said, that's what drives us. And the fact that you see that a lot of people are benefiting from it, as in you hear stories, you know, some people, it is just from cookies, um, fastest product that you sell. That's what takes care of, you know, the expenses, their, their health, everything about them. There are some distributors that solely depend and you, you're just wondering ah, how much in, if you get more people you mm. know to come in you know that the impact will be you know so I, for me for us that's what really drives us and that's why we keep doing you know what we are doing i think i learned you've expanded to other countries or well, no, it's in the works no it's in the works okay. you know we've started conversations obviously covid slowed down, down a little bit but it's something that we are, we are seriously considering yeah. you know yeah okay um i know or oh, we've heard that doing business in Nigeria could be tough. Um, how did the Nigerian business landscape with the regulations and stuff like that impact your business? Um, it makes it resilience. The Nigerian business landscape builds resilience. If you are not resilient, you will not be able to survive because things are tough. The regulations are, you can't plan based on regulation. Because regulations are currently changing, the policies are, you know, not stable. You know, you provide your own infrastructure that has an impact on cost. You know, sometimes you wonder if those policies, how do they think these policies is going to help the businesses, both small scale, big, mid, mid size, and big businesses survive. You know, you know, at times like this. You know, so I, I would say resilience. You know, I, I, I cannot fully say. You know what policy has significantly helped you know helped us you know but yeah what's the toughest decision you've had to make toughest decision for me it's definitely leaving banking mm. it was leaving banking it was for me it was a it was it was a huge step you know because you don't also want to leave and then they tuck your tail be behind your back and then have to reapply or something like that so it was one of the most major decisions for me how do you unwind okay okay so of course before covid you know we tried to go swimming you know once in a month you know we do there's this family meeting they try to do. So every month, we call the children together and everyone comes to say, okay, 
this is what I do, this is what I think you, you know, we don't like. So the children are telling you, mom, this is what we do that we don't like. We are telling them, this is all, you know, there's this family atmosphere that we deliberately, you know, try to create. We also have what we call the pizza day. So, of course, the children, we always buy pizza once in a month. So, okay. gathering together and eating, it just gives some kind of, you know, comfort. Then. I think the swimming also helps before COVID. So, we try to swim at least once in a month okay. to children to swim. Then I think sleep. I, I love to sleep. Interested? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I love to sleep. So, so you know that you're catching up on the sleep. You didn't sleep <laughs> at the early years. <laughs> Then we also, then we also unwind with, you know, she watches a lot of motivational yeah. messages, motivational yeah. speaking and messages. Yeah. She does that a lot now. Me, I unwind with, I watch movies, watch movies. I, I watch movies or play sometimes if I have time and I play video video games. You know, sometimes she looks at me, you know, in, we're back from work and then I'm looking, staring at the TV. I might have even seen the movie five times. It's not really about the movie. It's just something to distract your mind from yeah. the activity of the, the talk because, you know, just there's so much happening and you want something to just distract you so you are calmer and refreshed thinking for the next day. So I think that's what... Like, and when he's watching those movies, I'm always wondering, have you watched this movie? You say yes. And you so, you know, you concentrate with so much. I'm wondering, have you watched this movie before? Well, what have been some practices that have helped you on this journey? What habits and practices do you observe? Okay, so I think that one for me is um, saving culture. As in, that has really helped because, of course, I learned it right from time. So you cannot see me spend all my money. It is never possible. So we have an Excel where we, you know, do expense. So this is how much we have to save, even for the company. So not just personal, so for the company. And over time, we have. You know, built on that you know, practice. So, so even if you give me 10 naira to do, I must save out of it. I can't, it's like, it's like I'll be doing myself injustice to spend, you know, all. So I think that's a major reason. One of it, one that has really helped. And I think that, um, I don't know if this is um, bringing inclusion. So bringing people together into what we do. So we try to share our visions with you to say, see, this is where we are going. So, so you're not just looking at us as oh, a management and, you know, the employees. So we try to, you know, bring, you know, people together to, you know, to what we are doing. No matter step, whatever step we want to take, you will, okay, what's your own view? So we don't try to, you know, we don't try to um, kind of... Lord. Yes, yeah, Lord, force our views on people. Okay, what's your own view? So I think that has... You know that has really really helped you know yeah, for me i would say accountability has helped you know apart from saving just being account it's very easy if you are an owner manager to think that you can do things the way you like you know so we try to be accountable to ourselves accountable to some of our employees you know so i can't just wake up and say Try um, and pay one million naira or five hundred thousand naira for that thing. We still, we still try to channel it through the normal process. You know, that has helped. It has helped us in our record keeping. So we have record of activities that we we, we did in two thousand and ten. Yeah. Even when yeah. when we didn't have an, when we didn't have a bank account, discipline has helped. You know, because you know when you come into some money, next thing things that you don't need begins to look attractive. You are saying, ah, 
why can't I have a Range Rover, Range Rover, you know, sports right now? Why can't I have a house in Ikoyi right now? So, you know, discipline has really helped us in in staying content with, with, with what we have, not looking to impress, you know, anyone, knowing that we're on our own journey. This is the more prudent between both of you. <laughs> I would love to... Um, we are both prudent, honestly, but I think I'm a bit more spontaneous around giving to people. Okay. I'm a bit more spontaneous. Debbie is a bit more spontaneous around sewing. Okay. So, you know, sewing, either in the in tight offering and all of those kind of things. Thank you giving to people. I I can spend all my money. When somebody just come and say, I need this, I find it difficult to say no. So a lot of times so we had to, so she controls the money. You know, she controls the money. She con- she had been controlling the money even when I was in the bank. So ah, the way okay. the money is structured, you know, even when we take my maybe 300k or 250k and have 50k into one bus, then yes, she divides exactly. equally. So even then, you know, so that 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 has been it. So there's now an amount called pocket money yeah. that you can use for anything you like. So I kind of limit whatever giving I want to do so within that. that so I don't begin to because again we are in business and it's a high risk environment so I don't begin to spend your quote your future on philanthropy and all of that so but I think from the organizational organized perspective I'll say she's she's more prudent I know you guys are also committed to personal development through the years they've gone on trainings um, I think yeah. you did an MBA or yes. something like that. I, I, yeah, so for me, you know, so continuous improvement is a core value for us as individuals yeah. and definitely core value for the organization. That's how we've been able to move organically throughout the years. Um, and it, it's a reflection of who we are. So while I felt I was in, while I, while I felt I was going to have a career in IT, I'd gone ahead to do all the certifications, MCSE, MCSE, CCNA, CCMP, uh, ITU, PMP, just to develop myself in the area I believed I was going to have, you know, competence in future. Then when I found myself in, in business, now you're an engineer in business, you have to begin to develop the business savviness to support the brand that you are growing. So she had, she had done um, a page found, she had gone to page foundation, done the Women X program, yes. gone to um, Kansas. The Kansas Institute of Baking to improve her technical competence. Um, I, I did the MBA, right? Then we went for a Stanford program last year, you know, developed for um, emerging economies to build um, medium-sized Business. businesses to alleviate poverty. You know, it's called Stanford Transformation Program, okay. the Stanford C. So, you know, we had done that. So, and then, you know, she's also preparing for our own MBA, you know. I'm now looking for what next. <laughs> you know, but what, we, what I try to do is every two years, yeah. there's something I'm adding deliberately adding maybe a certification, a course, you know, every two years, at least for now, you know, so. What's your advice to listeners? Okay, so I would encourage everyone. It's, um, it's not everyone that wants to go into business. It's not, it's not an easy tax, but it's a worthy, you know, endeavor. And um, keep 
pushing, you know, never relenting, don't don't ever give up, you know. Like we all say, failure is an event, it's not a person. So if one event, if one tax doesn't work as planned, you know, don't feel, oh, that's the end of my life. That's not the end of your life. That's the end of that event. So you pick up something else. And I'm sure that as, you know, you continue to move, as you're focused, you're passionate about what you do, you will definitely come out, you know, a success. Wow. All right. So there's this popular African saying that says in Africa, when a gazelle wakes up in Africa, yeah. it knows that it must outrun the fastest this lion, you know, if not, it will be eaten. And then when a lion wakes up in Africa, it must outrun the slowest gazelle, if not, it will starve to death. Whether you are a lion or a gazelle, when you wake up, wake up running, mm-hmm. you know, so um, I think taking action is a major, is a major challenge with, um, with a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of people. You know, in terms of uh, we analyze and analyze, we analyze politics, we analyze the economy, we analyze sports, but we don't take action enough in the things that we can influence, and we focus on all those things that are outside our control. So we all need to retrospect, looking at ourselves and say, what are those things that I can change today that can help me tomorrow, and then begin to act on on those things. So we my own partners. Looking back through the years, what would would you ascribe your success to your talents, skills, and hard work, or to luck? It's a combination. From it's a combination. It's not luck. It's definitely not luck. It's a lot of things, but not luck. It is a combination of hard work, talent, skills. But I would say it's the grace of God. You see, because you, you can put the same amount of energy effort in an eventual and then you get totally different results so you know there's somewhere in the bible that says the race is not always to the swift or the battle to the strong or reaches to the wise you know but time and chance happens to all so you know while strategy is important you know discipline is important hard work is important you know you, you must know that there is an element of all of this that is beyond you there's an element of all of this that is beyond any man and then so it is a combination of all so we walk as if there is no god and then we pray as though there is no work you know mm-hmm. so that's how yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i do i do <laughs> if you were in my shoes is there any question you would have asked yourself that i've not asked you yet <laughs> <laughs> if, if there any question you have asked myself let me What's your greatest achievement? Okay, now what would you say? <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's still in the future. I don't think I have. I've done any. There's no greatest. Till date, so you. It's, it's right. still. It's so still from inception to date, what's the greatest? I I think being able to run, you know, faster than okay. you know up to this moment for ten years, you know, through the through the struggles, through the challenges and. You know, one has been able to overcome at least right now. You know, one is still standing. I think that that's great enough. Well, you know, for me. So, uh, uh, well, that's my own question that I would ask. Is that your question as well? Do you have another question? Because you know, in in this in telling our story, we kind of covered a lot. So you probably would have answered a few questions that you might have had. You know, um, had written down. You know, for achievements though. Um, <laughs> To till date, 
again, it's honestly, it ties to my greatest fear, which was, was it fear or concern, which was being able to leave paid employment and never having a day that we considered we had to go back, but we had constantly been able to build pastizas to where it is today. You know, that's one very great achievement to me. What pastizas is today um, is also great. You know, having over 250 people working with you, you know, and their families and their dependents, having that level of impact, you know, having, you know, your products in odd places in Nigeria. We never get tired of seeing our products, you know, in different places. And every time we see it, sorry, we're always very excited. Excite, always we excited. We, we never get the excitement. We think we just started yesterday. Yes. We are always even when you see, even though it's not a good thing, you see a rapper on the floor, you're like, wow! So we yes. just get, you know, so yes. that's, a, that's a very huge... Um, People try to yes. market your product to you to buy. Well, yes, <laughs> that happens in traffic, you know. When you see your product, mainly you see your product in the way. Because you know how traffic guys are, the moment you look at the product model, you might say, come yes. and buy, come and buy. You just say, like, how much is this one? And it's not cost, you know, so we do a bit of that. Yeah. And then finally, working with her is an achievement, you know. People might underestimate what it means to work with your spouse. You know, seeing the same person every day. There's no new gist. You have to create. For you to have gist, you must create it. Because I can't gist her about how this interview went. Because she's right here. You know, so, you know, there's no new gist. And, you know, the way couples in business work, if you have problems at home, can affect the business. If you have problems in business, it can affect the home, you know. So, but we've been able to hold it together for this long. We are growing stronger. Things are getting better. My wife is looking more beautiful. She's not looking tattered, you know. So, for me, a combination of those things would What's be... What's one thing that helps that outside people can learn from? Trust. Okay. Trust and communication. Not one, it's two. Okay. You know, so it's trust and communication, you know, because, you know, there's that doubt of, is she trying to undermine me? Is she trying to work against my interests or anything? You know, that is number one. Trust. Communication because we discuss everything. Yeah. We discuss, no matter if you hurt me, I will tell you how. I don't keep it to myself if I hurt you. So that, and there's benefit of doubt that this person has my best interest. So even if he does something that is hurtful, yeah. there might be an explanation, you yeah. know, so. Who would you like me to interview next? Next. Mrs. Audrey Joeziku and yeah. her husband. Yes, yes. <laughs> Mrs. Audrey Joe. I don't know if, you know, so she, they are also couples in business. Okay. Um, they are one of our mentors. What business do they do? Yeah, you know that. Okay. You know. That was Bola Lawson and Debbie Lawson, co-directors of Fastest Foods and Confectionery Limited. Many thanks to Ayotunde Adikuki, who helped with the connection. And that brings us to the end of our first season here at Origins Africa Podcast. We are most thankful to our guests who created time out of their busy schedules and were willing and open to share their origin stories. Without them, there wouldn't be any origin story to tell. And once again, 
Many thanks to you, our dear listeners, for all the support, your reviews and comments, your subscriptions and follows on our social media platforms at Origins AF. Please do remember to share your feedback with us to help us in our plans for the next season. What did you like? What didn't you like? What would you like us to start doing, stop doing, or even continue doing? To get your responses, we've created a simple form. Please check the show notes of this episode for the link and our social media pages at Origins AF on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can simply type bit.ly, B for banana, I for interview, C for tangerine, bit.ly slash Origins Africa podcast feedback. Origins is with an S. So bit.ly slash Origins Africa podcast feedback right now to access the form. We'll stop accepting responses by December 31st. So please do send in your feedback before then. Of course, you're probably wondering when season two will start. Don't worry. It will be sooner than you think. And we will communicate via our social media platforms. All the more reason for you to follow us. <laughs> our handle is at Origins AF on both Instagram and Twitter. Follow us now. Anyways, it's been a pleasure doing this with you. Do have a Merry Christmas whilst wishing you a Happy New Year in advance. Our sound producer this week was Tumisha Jani and the theme song was composed by Just Ritimi. I'm Oshaya and you've been listening to Origins Africa podcast. Bye for now. Yeah.